the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good evening and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. I'm Kyle Welch. We are here every weeknight at this time on KKLA to lift up the name of Jesus Christ so that the entire world might believe. Sharing the gospel is our number one goal and the reason we are here. Dudley Rutherford is the senior pastor of Shepherd Church, located right here in Los Angeles. During these days of uncertainty, we believe this is the perfect time to turn off what the world wants to tell us and immerse ourselves in what God has to say to us through the Holy Bible. So let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message for us tonight. Today, I want to talk to you on this subject, the daughter. Everybody say the daughter. I want to talk to you about a a lady and her little basket. We're looking at the Bible at people that you would never know just looking at them, but God used them to have incredible influence in the world, even in the world today. And uh, we're going to look at one of those amazing stories. But our theme this year is I love LA. And what what we want is for you to imagine God saying those words. God saying, I love LA. Because God does love LA. And we as the church should love this city. Amen? Amen? So this weekend, we want to highlight children who need to be adopted, orphans who need to be cared for, uh, babies who need to be rescued. For those in the foster care system and the underprivileged who live here in Los Angeles who need to be loved. And there are many ways that you can be involved, which I will explain as we go through this. But in your notes, in your sermon notes, I want you to write this down. There's 140 million orphans around the world. It's hard to get our arms around that number. In the United States of America, there are close to 400,000 orphans. It's hard for us to get our arms around that. But here in Los Angeles, there are 30,000 children in the foster care system. I don't know about you, but I think we can start to get our hands around that a little bit. Each and every one of those 30,000 children deserve our best effort and support. Ephesians 1, I want you to see these two verses, verse, chapter 1, verse 4. He, God, the Bible says, chose us in Him before the what? I want you to think about this. Before God ever created this world, He knew that you would be here and He knew that I would be here. And He chose us before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. Verse 5 says that in love, God predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and his will. If I had asked you before you walked in here, were you adopted as a child? Most of you would have said no. 
But after reading verse 5, where it says that God in love predestined us to be adopted as his sons, all of us would raise our hands that are in Jesus Christ, being thankful that God has added us or adopted us into his family. Number one in your notes, and this is the first point, we who belong to Christ, those of us that are saved, if you're here today and you believe in Jesus, we are the rescued, adopted children of God. That is an amazing thought, that every one of us have been adopted by God. In fact, I will say this, that the entire Bible is a book about adoption. This is an adoption book. There's a heavenly father, God, who looked down upon a bunch of wayward misfits, and God decided to love us unconditionally. And so he adopted us as wayward as we were. He chose to adopt us and to call us his sons and his daughters. We've all gone here from rags to royalty. None of us are naturally born of God. All of us are adopted. All of us have been rescued. Galatians 1.4 says that Jesus gave himself for our sins to rescue us. God rescued us here today. We were lost and God rescued us. Colossians 1.13, for he, God, has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. And the Bible says that he just brought us. We didn't deserve it. He just brought us unto the kingdom of the son that he loves. Galatians 4, verses 4, 5, and 7, God sent his son to redeem those under the law that we might receive the full rights of sons. So you're no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. That thought alone would cause me to come down to the front and give my life to God right there, knowing that he wants me to be an heir to his throne. The gospel is all about adoption, and Jesus paid the price for our adoption. He went to the cross to rescue us, and every person here again who is a believer, you are the rescued, adopted children of God. Now, my second point is the church, and in case you don't know who the church is, that's you. I just want to make that clear, that, that the church is, I want you to circle the word is, just circle it, that the church is God's plan. That is God's plan to rescue the 140 million orphans around the world. God wants the rescued to become the rescuers. He wants the adopted to become the adopters. Over and over again, God tells us in his word that we as Christians are to care for the orphans. That is God's plan that is God's strategy. Isaiah 1 verse 17, uh, the Lord says, listen, uh, he said, learn to do what's right. Seek justice, encourage the oppressed, and defend the cause of the fatherless. Statistics are unbelievable when it comes to children growing up without a father. I think today in the United States of America, we have 17 or 18 million children growing up in fatherless homes. 63% of youth suicides 
come from fatherless homes. 90% of homeless and runaway children come from fatherless homes. 85% of children who show behavior disorders come from fatherless homes. Now, my children had a father. All three of them had behavior disorders. I just want you to know that. (laughs) I'm just saying. 85% of all youths that are incarcerated come from fatherless homes. James tells us in James 1.27 that religion, everybody say religion. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. Our job is to look after orphans and widows in their distress. To whom is God giving these commands? Well, he's giving these commands to the church, to the people of God, to you, to me, to us, to Shepherd Church. God has an incredible amount of love for children, especially children who've been abandoned. Terry Hancock painted this picture. He said on one side, you have a, he said, I want you to picture 140 million orphans. If you can just see them. 140 million orphans around the world. And over here, I, I, I want you to picture the love of God, the heart of God, the compassion of God. And he said the question is, how are we ever going to reach or explain To 140 million orphans, how are they ever going to know the love of God? And he said the only way that those orphans will ever understand the heart of God and the love of God is he said we have to build a bridge. And he said the bridge, and I hope you're paying attention, the bridge is not the government. The bridge is not society. The bridge is not the school system. The bridge is not a new resolution by the president. The bridge is the church. We are the bridge between those orphans and the heart of God. In Los Angeles, there are 30,000 children in the foster care system. Only 58% of those children will graduate from high school. Only 3% of them will graduate from college. And more importantly, most of them will never know the love of God. If we, the church, fail to do what God has called us to do, all I'm saying is this. If you have been rescued by God, God desires to use you to rescue others. And if you have been adopted by God, God desires to use you to help reach others who need to be adopted. My third point, which is the most important point of this message, is that the one, everybody say one, The one helpless child that you rescue might end up being the one that God uses to save the entire nation. You don't know that the one child you help reach, help rescue, becomes the savior of the entire nation. I want to read to you Exodus chapter 2, but before I read this, I want to give you the context. And everybody say context. Because if you don't understand the context, you might not really get the point of Exodus chapter 2. The context is that the nation of Israel have been enslaved in Egypt for 400 years. That's a long time to be a slave. In Exodus chapter 1, the Bible says that Israel was fruitful and multiplied, even though they were in bondage, and the Bible uses these words, they had become exceedingly numerous. And the king of Egypt, the great Pharaoh, he was afraid 
he thought that the Hebrews would take over his country. And so he forces the Jewish people into hard and oppressive labor. Furthermore, in order to decrease their numbers, he orders, it's the law of the land, for the Hebrew midwives who deliver the Hebrew babies to kill every male child who was born. And the Hebrew midwives would not do it. So Pharaoh ordered not to give up. He ordered his own people, the Egyptian people. He issued an edict in the land that any Egypt person, person Egyptian, who saw a Hebrew male child, that you were to take that child and to throw him into the Nile River. And in case you don't know this, the Nile River was crawling with crocodiles. Now imagine you're a woman and you're pregnant and you're Hebrew and you're living down in Egypt and you've been waiting for this baby for nine months. You don't know if it's a boy or a girl. And that child arrives and you see that it's a boy. How fearful you would live your life knowing that any Egyptian had the right and was actually had been commanded to take your child and to throw that child into the Nile River. Think about how you would feel. And it's that is the context as we read Exodus chapter 2. Are you with me? How many of you are with me? All right, Exodus chapter 2. There was a man of the house of Levi married to a Levite woman. And verse 2 says she became pregnant and she gave birth to a boy or girl. She gave birth to a son. Now we know her name is Jochebed. Everybody say Jochebed. We know that's the name of the mother from another passage in the Bible. So when Jochebed saw that this child, this son, was a fine, the Bible says he was a fine child. In the Hebrew, it's the word tov. And, and the word, Hebrew word tov means good. And uh, it's the same word that God used in the story of creation in Genesis chapter 1 where God was creating the heavens, the earth, and he created, and he said it was good. And it was good. It was tov. It was tov. This woman, Jochebed, when she gave birth to this Hebrew boy, she said, it is tov, it is good. This is a good, this is a blessing of God. All children are a blessing of God. Uh, even the ornery ones, I have to say. And so she, she saw that he was tov and she, she hid him for three months. Why was she hiding him? Well, because the law of the land was any Egyptian who saw this boy had the, been commanded to take that child and throw it into the Nile River. So verse 3 When she could not hide him any longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. And she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. And his sister, now we know from another text that this boy's sister's name was Miriam. And Miriam is like a top secret agent. And, uh, The sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Verse 5, Pharaoh's daughter, and here's the story, the daughter in her basket. Uh, Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the river bank, and she saw the basket among the reeds, and she sent her slave girl to go get it. And the girl, verse 6, she opened up the basket and she saw the baby and, and uh, he was crying. 
And she felt sorry for him. And she said, this is one of the Hebrew babies. Now, how did she know it was a Hebrew baby? No. Not the blanket. It had been circumcised. Every Hebrew baby had to be circumcised on the eighth day. So she looked into that basket and she saw that it was a boy. She saw that it was a Hebrew baby. And so verse 7, then his sister, the secret agent, asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. And the girl went and got the baby's mother. She went and got Jochebed. Verse 9 says that Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me and I will pay you. Ladies, how would you like to get paid to nurse your own child? (laughs) And verse 10 says, when the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son and she named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. Now, Moses, if you don't know the story, in Exodus chapter 12, becomes the deliverer of the nation of Israel. When he is 80 years old, he leads close to 2 million Hebrews out of Egypt, out of slavery. He who was delivered becomes the deliverer. He who was rescued becomes the rescuer. So the moral of the story is quite obvious. These women, these Hebrew midwives who refused to kill the male babies, and Jochebed, Moses' mother, and Miriam, Moses' sister, and even Pharaoh's daughter, all of them defy the king's edict to rescue one baby, one child, and that one child... 80 years later, as a senior citizen, (laughs) becomes the one that God uses to set free, after 400 years of slavery, the nation of Israel. Oh, I applaud those Hebrew midwives for defying the laws of the land. I applaud Jochebed doing whatever it took to save her baby from Pharaoh's evil plot. I applaud Sister Miriam who valiantly braved and risked her own life to save the life of her baby brother Moses. And I applaud even Pharaoh's daughter who stood up against the laws and the commands of her own earthly father to save a baby of a different nationality than hers. And just in case you don't know this, Jesus placed a high value on children and protecting them. These are his words, not mine. Jesus said, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said, and whatever, whoever welcomes a little child like this in my name welcomes me. And Jesus said, if anyone, I, I don't care who you are, if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me 
to sin. Why? Why? It would be better for him to have a large millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned into the depths of the sea. Oh, Jesus and God placed incredible value on the lives of children. And no person, I'll say no person, no man, no woman, no king, no president, no pastor, no doctor, no coach, no teacher, no person ever has the right to hurt a child. To mislead a child, to abuse a child, or to take the life of a child. And when I think myself of the 50 million babies who have been aborted in this country since 1973, there's a couple of thoughts I have. One is how the heart of God must grieve. Uh, Your heart, my heart, think about the heart of God. How the heart of God must grieve. The second thought I have is I wonder how many of those babies that were aborted would have been the next Moses. Would have been the next Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Would have been the next Abraham Lincoln. Would have been the next Billy Graham. Would have been the next evangelist. The next preacher. The next missionary. The next doctor. The next president. The next rescuer. The next deliverer. The next difference maker in this country. I would not be a good shepherd if I did not mention that we as a church, both men and women, should always stand for life. We should protect life. We should defend life, especially the life of the unborn. All I can say uh, is if we do not fight for, the, for them that one day we will answer to God. Some of you are confused. You think this is a political issue. Some of you think it's a personal issue. It's a biblical issue. The Bible says in Matthew 8, these are Jesus' words. He said, see, see to it, see to it that you do not, you know, there's a lot of things, but make sure of this. Make sure you never look down on one of these little ones because I tell you, this is Jesus, I tell you that there, T-H-E-I-R, There, those children, their angels, every child has an angel. And it says, Jesus said that their angel in heaven always sees the face of my Father in heaven. And what that means to me is that every child, whether that child is in a room or in a womb, that that child has an angel that has been assigned to it to report to God everything that happens in that child's life. So, When we talk about adoption, or we talk about foster care, or we talk about crisis pregnancy centers, or we talk about children, or we talk about babies, especially when we talk about grandbabies, (laughs) let's remember that the life of that child that is saved, the baby that is rescued, the child that is cared for may one day be the child, might be 80 years from now and we're all dead and gone, but God uses that child to help deliver a nation or many nations. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated. 
and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. If you're like me, you've discovered there are some books in the Bible that are not always easy to navigate through. Like for instance, the book of Proverbs. Proverbs contains 31 chapters and can be very daunting to go through if you are looking for a specific topic. That's why Pastor Dudley has created the perfect resource to help you with the book of Proverbs. It's called Proverbs in a Haystack, and it is our special offer for everyone listening today. Proverbs in a Haystack removes the challenge of searching through the book of Proverbs. It has over 2,000 topics that easily cross-reference to the exact chapter and verse you are looking for. This invaluable resource can be yours right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus radio ministry. You can receive your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack by calling us at 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also order this book directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. We know you will be blessed by this unique resource created exclusively by Pastor Dudley. So be sure to call right now and ask for your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.